Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. Welcome to the Generations Church Podcast. We are in our series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, exploring the themes and modern-day connections of the Heidelberg Catechism. My name is Rob Samuelson. I'm an elder at Generations Church, and with me today is my friend and my pastor, Jeff Ludington, the lead pastor at Generations. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing well this morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm still waking up early, even though it's summer. Man, I know. Well, so for those of you guys who don't know, Rob is a teacher, and so he actually gets a summer, and uh, that's good. <laughs> and uh, man, I can't even imagine being a teacher in this whole coronavirus era. Things are incredibly uncertain. Do you guys, uh, and you're at Valley Christian, for those of you who are listening, uh, do you have a full plan for the new school year? Like, do you know what's going to happen? Well, from my understanding, we do have, we have a full plan, and the plan is to go back five days a week um, with some adjustments, but there's also probably five or six backup plans just because we don't know what restrictions we're going to have at that point. Just like at yeah. church, we've got yeah, plans, right. and then we've got backup plans. Man, yeah. And, uh, you know, the uh, I'm not too cliche or bumper stickerish, but the uh, the little bumper stickerish kind of saying, uh, if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. Well, in coronavirus era, that has never been, I don't think, more true than right now. We do have plans. We have backup plans uh, as a church, as schools. It's a bit crazy, man. Well, thanks. I, I just... Uh, that's completely off topic of what we're talking about today, but uh, as people get to know you, and and uh, it's good to know, man, it's good to know that. So today, Rob, you and I are in Lord's Day 36, that is episode 36 if you're a podcaster for us, and uh, today we're going to talk about using the Lord's name in vain. It's not actually, that's not the language that uh, the the catechism uses. But it is the common way that we talk about this in uh, the church today. And so if you're just joining us today, Rob and I are working through a series called Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude, as he already introduced. And it is working our way through a 450-year-old catechism called the Heidelberg Catechism. And uh, that is, if you're unfamiliar, catechism is just a way of learning by memorizing questions and answers, memorizing truth so that when we need it, we have an answer. And so... Uh, today we're talking about, we're in the section talking about the Ten Commandments. We're specifically today talking about the Third Commandment, which we commonly say not to take the Lord's name in vain. So I'm going to read the question. My friend Rob here is going to read the answer, and then we are going to talk about modern day themes and connections to this. So you ready, Rob? I'm ready. Go ahead. All right, man. Have you done your vocal exercises already to, uh, have the the voice of a podcaster. Yeah, no, it's more important for me at this age just to stretch. So I stretched well. Okay. All right. I think I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So two questions and answers today. If you're a, if you're familiar with the catechism, it's question and answer 99 and 100. Uh, here they go. One, uh, the first one is, what is the aim of the third commandment? That we neither blaspheme nor misuse the name of God by cursing, perjury, or unnecessary oaths, nor share in such horrible sins by being silent bystanders. In summary, we should use the holy name of God only with reverence and awe, so that we may properly confess God, pray to God, 
and glorify God in all our words and works. Hmm. Next question is, is blasphemy of God's name by swearing and cursing really such a serious sin that God is angry also with those who do not do all they can to prevent and forbid it? Yes, indeed. No sin is greater or provokes God's wrath more than blaspheming his name. That is why God commanded it to be punished with death. So those are some serious words, right? I mean, this is uh, when, when we hear punishable by death, man, we, we sit up. And uh, before we get into modern day themes and connections of this particular thing, uh, let me say this. Modern day Christians don't have the same paradigm as uh, Jews who had the Ten Commandments given to them in the midst of a theocracy. And so in the midst of a covenant community led by God before they ever had a king being led by God and, and, and his prophet, his servant, or his spokesman, Moses, and they get these words, you've got to understand that the culture was very different. That doesn't mean that the truths have changed, but the culture was very different. And God was saying, hey, listen, this is how I'm going to guard the faith, right? And there are some very serious things mentioned along with that. We will, uh, we could probably do a different conversation on a different day on why would, de- why would God in Leviticus say to stone certain people to death? And why would God say that there is a pun- punishment of uh, a word, just a word that could be said that could be punished by death? That would be a great conversation to have um, some other time, just to think through the lens of early, early Judaism. But today, we're going to focus on the third commandment, which is not to misuse God's name. So when you hear about this, Rob, how do you think this applies to us? What's a modern-day conversation that you hear about this? Well, I I think most of us, when we are first taught this commandment, many of us at a young age, when we learn the songs and everything to memorize Mm -hmm. the Ten Commandments, we think of misusing the Lord's name as using God's name in a curse word. You know, you... You hit yeah. your finger with a hammer and the first words that come out include the name of God. Um, sometimes you see, I, mean, I grew up in the era, I'm not sure if you did as well, with the, the Valley Girl era where, yeah. you know, people would use terms that just had the word God in it or even today, the yeah. OMG. Um, so I think that's what most of us think of is using God's name inappropriately, but, but the catechism says there's so much more to it than that. And so... Okay. I would just ask you, what is what are some things that this includes that maybe we don't think about on a regular basis? Okay, so using God's name in vain is the common phrase that has been used uh, in this. Another way of saying that is profaning God's name. Now, so profaning is where we get profanity, right? The word profanity comes from the word profane, same root word, right? Uh, So when we hear profanity, we think curse word. Now, this actually traces back to use of God's name. So using God's name in a profane way does not mean to use it as a curse word. It means to use it in a way that is common. And so contrast common with holy, right? So holy doesn't mean perfect. Holy means set apart, set apart for glorifying God, set apart for worship, set apart for Uh, things that are of God, right? The opposite of set apart or the opposite of holy was to profane something 
And that means to use something holy in a common way, right? So uh, to use it, to use God's name in worship, uh, when we are maybe singing a worship song or when we are proclaiming who God is in a message on a Sunday or even right now in a podcast, that is using it in a holy way. It's set apart to glorify God, right? When we smack our thumb with a hammer and we yell God or Jesus or something, we are using it in a profane way, meaning we're using it in a way that is common and not set apart for God. So the commandment here is to only use God's name or attributes or terms for God in ways that glorify God, not in any other way. So profanity comes from common, we think of curse word. But uh, the question becomes, like you said, you brought up a modern day, like OMG, oh my God, right? So that's an expression, but that's a common expression, right? It is not a worship expression. So should that be used by Christians? And by the 10th commandment, by the catechism, they'd say no. That's a common use, right? And so that is not a use. You're not actually saying, oh my God, like you're crying out to God for help. You're saying it as just a, uh, an exclamative, you know, exclamatory kind of statement, right? It, it's, just a, it's just a common little thing, right? So using God's name in an unholy way is what God calls us not to do. That makes sense? Yeah, yeah, it makes perfect sense. But I, I would throw this in there, just the idea, I mean, you mentioned this is taken very seriously by God, punishable right. by death. Um, I think there are times... Uh, this is one of those commandments that a lot of times I'll break it and not even realize I've done it. I don't even mm. think along those lines of yeah. I just use God's name. You know, I know when I'm, when I'm lying. Um, I know when I'm thinking of, of stealing or doing something else inappropriate. But this sure. one, um, I was wondering, I know just studying, um, you know, just some of the Old Testament phrasing that a lot of times um, it would seem like it's it's safer, I guess, to just not use God's name as opposed to just making sure that every time you use it, use it correctly. I know the Jews, um, a lot of them would not use the name of God or even write the name of God. Um, So what do you think about trying to prevent yourself from doing that by just not using it? Yeah, I think, so I I think there's a couple things here, and I'll give you one that I know is true, and then I'll give you one that's an opinion. And so I like to, if I'm speaking, man, I want to tell you what I am sure is true or what I think, what I believe Scripture to say clearly and then I'll give you some opinions here and there. And so the one that I would say is true uh, all throughout the, the Old Testament, right? So if you're listening today and you're unfamiliar, you're not a Christian, you've never read a Bible or whatever, uh, the Old Testament is the first two-thirds of the Bible, and it was written before Jesus was born, before Jesus became flesh, right? And, and came and then lived and died and rose again, uh, did this to reconcile sinful people to a holy God, uh, the Sec, the, the final third of the Bible is what we call the New Testament, and it, it tells of the birth of Jesus, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, the commission of Jesus' disciples into the world to take the gospel forward. So if you're unfamiliar, there's that. In the Old Testament, the first two-thirds, primarily written by Jewish authors uh, to almost always a Jewish audience, right? Has some history, has some has some wisdom, has some worship, has some stuff, right? So uh, prophecy, all kinds of good things. In the Old Testament, there is the use of God's name. And when God's proper name 
is used, they will use the term Lord, and it'll be a capital L in the normal font, and then three smaller O-R-D capitals, but they're in a smaller font. And uh, the Tetragrammaton, is, there's, there's, there's some terms for this. There's, uh, typically, uh, this is a replacement. And so the common version of that is Yahweh or Y-H-W-H or V-H, depending on how you want to say it. Uh, and many would say that's not even the name of God, that Adonai and Jehovah have been combined to create that. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of skepticism about what was God's name that they were hiding. But here's what we know not hiding, but they were protecting. Let's call it that. Uh, they used the term Lord, or they used the Yahweh, the, the Tetragrammaton, in place of God's real name. So their job, what they were doing was removing even writing God's name or saying it out loud. So they were really, really protecting a misuse. So we fast forward to English, right? The, you know, this was written in Hebrew in the Old Testament, and then we get it in English. And there's this different spelling of it, and we look at that. And I wonder if, and this is, this is where an opinion comes in, I wonder if God hasn't pulled his name from kind of our knowledge, if you will, a, 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 the, you know, what God said to Moses kind of name. And I know there's Elohim, there's Yahweh, there's Jehovah, there's uh, a lot of, you know, Jehovah Rapha. There's a lot of names in the Old Testament that are assigned to God. But then there's this, this one thing that's used to protect God's name. And uh, I wonder if it's become so common and so misused that as the Jews were protecting it, I almost wonder if there's not a name that was lost there. And I don't know that. That's just that's a, that's some commentary from the outside. But your question is valid. They worked so hard as to not even write the name, not even speak the name unless it was appropriate in worship. Now, just fast forward today, and God is a title. Is God even a name? It's, you know, it's kind of God is a descriptor, you know. Uh, we use it as a name, um, but it's like Savior or Lord, God, right? Um, and so because that's so commonly used, again, I, I ask the question, I wonder if God hasn't hidden some of that, right, if the common use of this. But that is what the Jews would do. They would actually write it differently, not write the name, and they were trying to protect it. And now God doesn't need our protection. The protection is needed that we don't do something that might incur God's wrath on us. So that was their effort in the Old Testament, and I think it was super, super valid. Uh, just fast forward to today and how many people use the word God in an unholy, very common, even profane and profanity way. Nice, nice. Yeah, I was looking to it. If you look at uh, the second question we did today, which, by the way, there should be some sort of fanfare or something that we hit question 100. Yeah. Uh, little plaque, little plaque or something. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, but that's a scary one, because if you if you look at that, um, is is blasphemy of God's name by swearing and cursing really such serious sin that God is angry also with those who do not do all they can to help prevent and forbid it. Um, when we look at the commandments, we they're either listed as a positive commandment, this is what you shall do, or a negative right. commandment, shall not do this. Um, but just because it's listed as a negative doesn't mean there isn't a positive side with it. If we're not to do this, then what are we to do? So yeah. this commandment tells us not only are we to refrain from using God's name in a, in a wrongful way or an unholy way, um, 
but also we are to use the word protect. We are to kind of protect the name of God. Yeah. Um, I'm just wondering what that looks like in practice. I can I can see myself calling out somebody who's a Christian who I know well and saying, hey, you just use God's name and, and you tend to use it flippantly. Yeah. Um, but are we supposed to do that with guys we're, you yeah. know, we're playing basketball with or, or hanging out with? And sure. Are we supposed to call them on the carpet? Yeah, so here's um so the positive negative so a positive command a negative command positive do this negative don't do this right um and so uh that's a a great a great question is so there's a few questions in what you asked is there a way we are to use it and so um I'll give you one example uh one profane way is people that use Jesus name as you know as a curse word as a profanity you know, they smack themselves and, oh, Jesus Christ, or they, you know, you know, something happens and they use that as a profane thing where we use it in a worship sense. Uh, and the Bible says Jesus and it says Christ and it says those things. So we use them in worship. We use them in teaching. Jesus says that we are to pray in his name. In other words, that he is uh, we're praying in his authority. So I can pray a prayer in Jesus name. That's a holy use of it. And there's a profane use of it, using it like an, you know, an exclamation or a curse word or something. And so what is the, what is the positive command, right, uh, that no sin is like answer 100. No sin is greater than or provokes God's wrath more than blaspheming his name. That's why God commanded to be punished with death. So what should we do in response to that? And so I'm always a big fan of teaching the positive. I'll give you a, an example outside this. Rather than telling everybody how many different kinds of sexual sin there are, I would rather teach that God created sex, and it is for one man, one woman, consensually inside the boundaries of marriage for a lifetime, right? That is the positive command. In fact, God says, be fruitful and multiply. He says, do this, consummate your marriage, enjoy this, right? And he gave it to us. That's why it's so enjoyable. God created it. Rather than teaching, hey, don't do this with someone you're not married to. Don't do this with someone of the same sex. Don't do this outside of marriage. Don't watch porn. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. I'd rather teach the positive command more and then say anything that lies outside of this is sin. And we can have specifics. We can have specific conversations, especially when someone is blurry on the answer, right? And so the same thing here. Here's how we use God's name. Right, we proclaim God's name in worship. We teach who God is. When we get Elohim, and it means judge, right? God is our judge. When we give, when we hear Jesus, right, or Yeshua, or, or Emmanuel, God is with us. Or then let's teach how we use God's name. And then I think it becomes simple. Anything outside of this is a vain, profane, common. Uh, ill-appropriate, you know, an inappropriate way of using it. Now, do we correct our unsaved friends? Playing basketball, somebody misses a jump shot, or somebody gets fouled and out comes, beep, right? Okay. So for me, it's not their sin that God is going to judge in that moment. It is whether or not they are in Christ, right? We are not Christians because we are not sinful, because we are, we're still sinful, we still sin, we still make mistakes, we still do wrong things on purpose. 
we're Christians because Christ has covered our sin. And so I would rather work towards teaching them about Jesus and leading them to Jesus and then in Christ teaching them the various sins that they are guilty of rather than leading with, hey, that was sin right there. Don't do sin because their particular version of sin is not what God is going to hold against them. Ultimately, it's whether or not they're in Christ. And so I would always rather teach the positive commands and then explain anything outside of that is the negative. And if it's if we have specifics we need to cover, if the Bible is talking about a specific sin, then we'll do, we'll do that. And then I would always rather take the non-believer and lead them to Jesus. Um, unless they're asking, hey, is this part of my life sin, right? Then absolutely, let's knock it out of the park and answer it clearly, right? But for me, this is the positive is what we need to see. We need to, uh, there's an old metaphor, and I don't even know if it's true. So please hear this in the way it's intended, but I, I don't know it to be true. But they used to say that bankers and people that work with money were not taught what counterfeits were by showing them counterfeits. It was that they worked with money all the time. They knew what the genuine article was. And so when they saw a fake, they spotted a fake. Now, I don't know if that's true, but I like the sentiment. When we teach the positive command, when we teach the real deal, we know what it is. And then we spot a fake immediately. And so that's, I, that's my approach, man. I'm not sure that is. And that's not exactly in line with the catechism. But really, who are we teaching? And so are we teaching non-believers or believers? So my, my, my answer would be, let's teach believers what this means. And non-believers, let's tell them about Jesus. And as they come to faith, let's teach them the right thing to do and what else is sin. Make sense? Yeah, it's it's great, and I can I can tell you that uh, yeah, I worked at uh, in Disneyland. I worked at Cash Control. We counted like hundreds of thousands of dollars each night, and they did okay. teach us how to spot a counterfeit or by feel. We would mm. look at a real one and look okay. at the feel, look at the the ink that's used, um, even with traveler's checks, same kind okay. of thing. And that way, is that you how can you bought that mansion tell. you live in? That's how you yeah, bought the mansion. Exactly. You, live in. you were okay. All <laughs> Actually, right, no, I own true. I, all right, if you're listening, that's not true, Rob. <laughs> I promise. All right. There you go. I own the Matterhorn. That's what it is. <laughs> but yeah, that's 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 great advice, great wisdom. I think is is a lot of times as Christians, when we come across a non-Christian, we want to point out all their wrongdoings. We want to point out their sins, and even sometimes get in their face and tell them we're offended by what they said. Um, but yeah, better to bring them to Christ and and let the Holy Spirit convict them of those sins, and then work through that with them as a as a like we're doing as a discipler and a disciple lead. Yeah. Um, so great advice. Um, there's more to come on this commandment. The next uh, Lord's Day, we hit uh, what does it mean to um, swear to God, um, used in our society quite a bit. So that'll be interesting. So we'll have some more discussions uh, to come. So unless you've got something else to add, I think we'll, we'll wrap this one up. I'm good, man. I'm good. Button us up. Yeah, button us All up. All right. We're good. Sounds great. So Jeff and I want to thank you for listening. Um, for those of you that that uh, are here with us. Um, thanks for being here with the Generations Church Podcast. Uh, we would ask that you would give us a review on wherever you happen to listen to this, that you would share it with others, um, put it on your social media pages. And uh, remember that every Tuesday, we release a new Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude episode. And so uh, may God bless you, and hopefully we'll, we'll hear from you soon. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Jin Family Church.